Hello, and welcome to G Talking All That Jazz. This podcast is really the testimony of a friendship that spans over four decades. A friendship between two Black professionals that began in Harlem, New York in the mid-1970s. As young men, both learning from each other on how to navigate the sometimes formidable and unapologetic streets of Harlem, New York, both here and now, still standing with a wealth of transferable knowledge. As you join G and Jazz on their journey of reflection, listen, listen closely to the true message about friendship, morality, and brotherly love, because their trials and tribulations come at a cost. G and Jazz will share their thoughts and opinions on a variety of topics from love and friendships, love and relationships, family and politics, and of course, their friendship. Again, welcome G talking all that jazz. Enjoy the journey and buckle up. Yo, Jazz, what's going on, Papa Doc? Another day in the hood, my friend. Another day in the hood down here. Enjoying this beautiful weather down in, in Atlanta, man. 85 degrees today, man. Just, you know, I right. love it, man. Don't brag. Don't do that. I love it. I but love it's nice it. up here in Harlem, New York, man. We up here in Harlem, New York, man. We we doing it big up here, man. The weather's good. It was a little overcast today, mm-hmm. but we got about seventy something degrees outside. We doing mm-hmm. good up there, man. Nice. That's what's up. So, mm-hmm. um, Jazz. So we got a great show tonight. Absolutely. I got uh, uh Miss Reynolds on, and uh, before we bring out, we we'll do her, her um her bio. I want you to do me a favor. What's that you want me to do for you, my friend? Let's do the disclaimer, bro. Oh, my God. Bong, bong, dong, bong, dong. This is a public service announcement. So brace yourself. All the stories and events you're about to hear are all true. Names, dates, events, and places will not be changed. We are not protecting the innocent. If so happen you hear your name in one of these stories, and we got stories, G, we got stories, and you break up with your little, sh- your little spouse, your little sugar boo, your little bae, we are sorry, but we are Beyonce sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> I just wanted, I wanted to, my disclaimer is I, I never sign off on that. I never, I never. <laughs> I never, I never signed up. So let me, uh, let me, let me introduce our guest uh, this evening. This is going to be a good one. I have Mrs. Dominique Warner Reynolds, graduated from Clayton State University in 2003. After obtaining her bachelor's degree in dental hygiene, she enrolled into Central Michigan University and earned her master's degree in education with a minor in curriculum development and leadership in 2015. Mrs. Reynolds has been a dental hygienist for 12 years. She is currently the program director of the Dental Assistant Program at American Institute in Clifton, New Jersey, where she oversees 78 students shaping and molding molding their futures in the field of dentistry. Mrs. Reynolds is known for a knowledge base coupled with real life experience, bringing real life scenarios to the classroom. Mrs. Reynolds' favorite quote is, Turbulence is the price you pay to fly. So sore. Ms. Reynolds is currently enrolled in the Dental Scholar Program at Rutgers University, where she will be studying biomedical science. She's a member of Sigma, Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated, Omicron Gamma Chapter, and also a member of the Prince Hall Affiliate OES Silver Queen Chapter Number 43 out there in Staten Island, New York. 
She is married to Milton Reynolds, which happens to be one of my favorite Masonic brothers, who's also a member of the Prince Hall uh, family in Massa Lodge number 99, and the mother of Willie and Kemp, who attends St. Benedict's Prep High School, where he is studying engineering. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, family and friends, please welcome Miss Dominique Reynolds to the show. And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for having me um, on this podcast. I'm just here to share love and light and a little tap into oral health and um, how we can service the community. So, so, so um, this is a very important topic yes. um, because I always, I always say that um, when it comes to your oral health, it's a, it's a, it's a recession free, meaning that no matter what happens in life, where you are economically, if you are having issues with your teeth, yes. you're going to have to address it. Yes. Right. So yeah. it's very important. So some some statistics. Right. They, so they say among adult ages, um, adults in this country, over 40 percent, especially low income and non-Hispanic blacks, adults have untreated tooth decay. Correct. Furthermore, over 40, 34 million, excuse me, school hours are lost in the U.S. for kids who are suffering from uh, tooth decay or need dental care. Yes. 45 billion is lost in pro productivity when it comes to untreated oral disease in the workforce. And lastly, nearly 18% of all working adults and 29% of those who are low income report the appearance that the appearance of their mouth affect their ability to interview for jobs. So oral health is so very important. Yes. So I, where do we where do we start in terms of um, getting a better understanding of how one's oral health impacts the overall um, um, life areas? Because it can impact other life areas. Yes. So that's actually a great question and synopsis. So before we can even get into the thick of things, you have to understand where are we? Mm -hmm. So as a people um, and of being Caribbean descent, of being African-American or being Hispanic, we do not have access to dental health. So that's part one of the issue. Another part of that is also that we are not educated on what dental health looks like. We know to go to the doctor for a woman if she needs to go to the OBGYN. Um, for most men, they go to the doctor if they have prostate issues or maybe if they have contracted both male or female STD or S uh, a sexually transmitted infection. But rarely do you ever hear people be happy to go to the dental or to go see the dentist. And so here goes the stigma. So to address the numbers, it's at an alarming rate um, because people just look at, oh, my teeth, I'm just looking at the smile. But I have worked um, with people who have not smiled in years because their teeth do not look uh, cosmetically sound. Um, I have actual family members that have the dental phobia because of the drill that they hear. Um, they're not going. 
period. I have a cousin to this day. She's not going to the dentist, even though I'm in the field. I'll look in her mouth. I'll advise her into what she needs to do from a hygiene standpoint, but she won't go. So what do we do? Um, first and foremost, we need to educate our community. We need to be honest and tell them that it's just not an oral thing. It's actually a systematic thing. And so when you look at diseases such as diabetes, hypertension, cardiac, um, everything starts in the mouth. Everything starts from what we put in our mouth. Um, if we eat a lot of high um, carbonated drinks, it's going to break the sugars in your mouth. It's going to break down your enamel. Now you have tooth decay. Um, if you're eating high fried foods, or if you're eating a lot of things that are very hydrated in sugar, you're going to have a breakdown in the mouth. Are you brushing three times a day or at least twice a day? Are you brushing after your meals? Nine times out of 10, because we're so busy with life, we do not take time until something happens, then we address the issue. Um, as I always say that in dentistry, if we approach it as systematically, um, a lot of people don't know that the plaque that is associated on your teeth, if enough, enough of that gets in on, on your heart, it can cause you to have a heart disease. Um, enough of these things that go inside of your bloodstream will contribute to you having hypertension. And then, of course, the breakdown of enamel. Um, there was back maybe 10 years ago, um, I'm not sure if people correlate to do it now, but people used to take aspirin. And wherever the mouth, uh, wherever it hurt in the mouth, they will wear down the aspirin and put it mm -hmm. on the gingiva. And so for that, for, and the gingiva means gums, for that moment, it just cures the pain. Now I can walk into Walmart, I can walk into CVS, and I'm looking at dental instruments. And I'm looking at, I'm like, but the average person does not know what to do. But everybody wants a quick fix. So how we address it is being honest. And being more out as a public servant, especially in low-income low areas, because people are being affected. I actually was just teaching about this um, subject uh, last night to my class. So you have young mothers or even young fathers that have babies in the carriage. And let's say it's summertime. And okay, maybe they're not breastfeeding, but maybe they're using the Similac with the water and they mix it up in, in the stroller and they're just going about their business. If it's 100 degrees outside, right? And then the baby's crying. So all you're doing is shaking up the milk and you're giving it to the baby. You're not rinsing that baby's mouth back out with water. So now you have old cured milk, which is um, artificial, sitting in the bottle. And then the baby is now drinking the same old milk that you threw in the back, which is hotter than inside of the bag. Now the baby has a high risk of having tooth decay. And wow. what people don't know is that this is a form of child abuse. Well. It wow. is a form of child abuse, but then how can it be? It, it's no fault to the parent if they don't know. You understand? If they don't know, then you don't know. So again, if you're working in pediatric dentistry, we have to be able to be honest and tell the patients, and it goes with patient education, educating in patients. Patients can be young, they can be old, but everyone needs to know about oral health. And I, I, I really strongly, I've worked in pediatric dentistry. I've seen numerous cases of baby's teeth are just falling out. And we have to change the mindset of parents, especially um, as young adults, because the perception is, well, they're gonna fall out anyway. Those baby teeth are just gonna fall out. But what people don't realize, the baby teeth set precedence for the adult teeth. Mm. And also you're showing habits. So if the baby don't see that it's okay for me to get up in the mirror or in front of the um, actual bathroom and say, okay, I'm brushing with mommy. What am I supposed to really be doing? They're gonna take that same habit and then carry on to be an adult. 
And then with adult, you do adult things, right? And so you're not, your care for your teeth is not number one priority. It's probably at the very bottom. So let, let's, let, let me go back really quick um, okay. and just talk a little bit about the stigma. You mentioned stigma. Yes. Is there, we know that in, our, in, in, in the black community that there is a, a distrust for uh, our healthcare system yes. because of hi historical um, um, incidents that occurred. Yes. Yes. Do, do, you, do you experience that as well in oral health? Yes. In terms of th that fear yes. of, and distrust because of that historical trauma? Yes, especially as a black woman, um, besides all of the other ismas that goes with it, um, as a black woman and as a dental health provider, you know, it's like, oh, you just like them, them white folk. You just, but no, mm -hmm. I'm actually trying to help you because you're my people. Be not right. just because you're my people, but because you're my people, I'm trying to educate you of what maybe you wasn't given back then. I'm bringing it to the forefront now. Right. And I feel that it's my job and obligation that I have to remove the stigma isms. Right. To help you be a better you in order for me to help you be a better you. We got to start in the mouth. And then if I start with you, then you're going to tell your cousins and them and then your cousins and them will tell the cousins and them. And then the right. kids will start to fall along. But if I say, well, well, I got mine and I'm good with my family, then I, there's a family loss. It's a family loss with education. It's a family loss with understanding because again, it goes back to history. No one really taught us. Hell, even for me, when I started into dentistry, it was always told like where the money is, is not in dentistry. It's either right. being a nurse or a doctor. And I mean a medical doctor, but as a black woman, you're saying that you wanna be a dental, what? It's not even heard of. It's, and if it is, we don't even, we, as those who are in the profession, we need to do a better job in reaching out to where we came from. It's like reach one, teach one. Mm -hmm. That's what we have to keep that mentality of. Well, Ms. Reynolds, I wanna say this. I'm one of those folks that I hate the dentist. I go because <laughs> I smile too much. You, you know? and right. I, my, you right. and I both, right. my friend. I am, I, I am the grinner. I am the smile. I, I'm, I have to go. So I go and I get my, you know, clean checks, my, my, my teeth clean. And, yes. and I get the cleaning and I do whatever filling they need to do. But how do you get people past the phobia of the in the, in the, what do, what do you, what do you suggest? Um, how do we okay. get people past the phobia? Okay. So phobia can come from childhood experiences, right? As I mentioned before, I have a cousin that they did something wrong. And that something wrong was in dentistry, if the person has to get anesthesia, we never pass the anesthesia in front of the patient, right? It's almost like passing a gun <laughs> across the patient's face, right? That's a no-no. And little, believe it or not, um, that stays with the person. So then it becomes a dental phobia. And it's like, I know I need to go to the dentist, but I'm afraid. So what I've seen over the years, I remember even as a child myself, like I definitely was never keen to wanting to go to the dentist, but it was like, if mama said, I gotta go, I gotta go, right? And if I'm not going there, I'm not going to Alexander's and I'm not going to the movie, so I'm gonna go to the dentist kind of thing. <laughs> um, so. I've seen that in our field, they've done better and doing better is communicating. Explain what you're doing. Explain like these are the necessary steps. And one thing in dentistry, we are taught that you don't make promises and promises mean like this is not going to hurt because if it hurts, then that means I can't trust you. 
Exactly. Right. So you use keywords like um, if you ever go to the dentist and then I guess this is a little trick that I'm telling you all, like you ever see them shake your cheek and you're like, why are they shaking my cheek? It's a distraction. It has nothing to do with the insertion. My wow. God. My dentist does that. My dentist does that. He takes the needle. And I know he's hiding it behind yes. Put his thumb into my thing. And he goes like, I got you. He starts doing this and then. Yes, because you know why? You know why? It's for you to focus on the shaking and not the insertion of the needle. It works. Okay? And it so, works. yes. It and works. So There's a psychology to it. Yes. But you just blew it for me just now. I want you to know that, Miss Reynolds. <laughs> you just blew it now for me. You know, well, you and know, all the listeners. We're like, oh, no, you ain't distracting me no more. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, 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 G, yo, G, yo, G, yo, G, I feel, I feel so used. I know, right? (laughs) Look, we sorry. I mean, even me, I have, I have my anesthesia license as well in the state of New York. Mm -hmm. And um, I do not give field blocks. I'm not licensed to because I'm not a dentist. However, because I'm a hygienist, I can go in between teeth, which means infiltrations. And I too am like, so they're focused and talking. I'm like, okay, don't worry. So I do the same thing. I'll be shaking that lip and I go right in between the teeth and I do what I need to do. And so I'm like, well, how do you feel? Another way that for me personally, like I said, I've only been in the field 12 years, but this year will be going on 13. I play Mm -hmm. jazz in my, in my, in my cubicle. Um, As long as my, if I'm temping in a job, I let them know, listen, I play jazz because one, people don't know who I am. I'm filling in. Um, and I want them to be comfortable with their experience, right? Mm-hmm. In anything, it's an experience for me and I want you to, to enjoy it. And mm-hmm. so I play, I play my um, Boonie James and I let it roll in, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're like, oh, this is different. You like, so, yeah, because I want to clean your teeth and I don't want you to be bl- having blood all over the place and I don't want you crying, I want you to be at ease. So these are different techniques in terms of dental phobia but I think mostly in all honesty, I believe that if you communicate with your patients and you be honest and tell them this is what it is, and especially with pediatric children, it don't be the patients, it be the parents. Mm. As soon as that baby start crying, the parents want to go off. No, it's educating. So what I've learned to do with adults as well as children, I do a method called tell, show, do. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to show you what I'm going to do. I'm not going to show you the needle, but I will show you everything else that's there. And if there's anything that's discomforting, let me know. Oh, I'll tell you, take a deep breath and think about we um, in Mexico, we in Jamaica, someplace to take your mind off of what's about to happen. And I just do my thing. And then after we have a conversation and saying, okay, this is, you don't want to feel like this again. These are the necessary steps that you're going to have to take so that we can move your gingiva to be a healthy one. So where, where do you see your role if you, in terms of how it may have changed over the years, especially as it relates to this, this opioid epidemic, how do you see your role in, in, in public health as a, a all hygienist? Um, so with the opioid crisis, it, ha- it has always been there, but I think mm-hmm. now it's more coming out to, it's like, wow, you know, you have young kids. And so Actually, where I um, teach, I see a lot of children, unfortunately young, like they're heroin addicts and, addic- and, and addicts that they're coming into the dental office, right? And so if the, if the person is on any opioid of some sort, right, I feel that instead of us dismissing the patient, because we can't do any medicine for them because then the patient will end up um, maybe not end up in a good medical space or they end up in a medical emergency, but however, 
at least if we can give them some type of literature. Now, whether they keep it or write it, we at least try to reach out. Because once they, I believe, once they come down off their high, they'll remember that somebody was kind enough to see about my oral health. Somebody was kind enough to see that, okay, I need to get this together. And then maybe they may come back, maybe they may not, but at least you have tried. So in terms of dentistry collectively itself, I feel that we are doing, we are doing the best that we can. Can we always do better? Of course, in everything we can do, but again, it goes back to teaching. And um, some people are taking medications to numb pain and all of that. So at least sending them out to the resources that's needed and not shutting it down. Listen, I'm not a therapist, but if you need to talk to someone, these are the sites that you need to talk to so that mm. you don't have to take drugs. Mm -hmm. If you're dealing with domestic violence, I have to notate it because I am a public sector, but let me get you to a family counselor. Let me get you to a domestic violence mm. um, because I feel that in healthcare, doesn't matter if you got an MD at the back or you got a DR in front, in front, we're all humans and we're not right. perfect, right? And just, I look at it this way, and this is my favorite model, just because I'm sitting behind a desk today don't mean I won't be sitting in front of one tomorrow. And so I want someone to pass that gratitude to me too, to help me if I am addicted to medication to get send me out to those resources. Oh, I have one uh, for you, um, Ms. Reynolds. Um, we have a lot of listeners that smoke cigars, they smoke cigarettes, marijuana, yeah. you know, how does smoking impact your oral health? Okay. So with your choice of smoking, whether it's cigarettes, cigars, if it's marijuana, um, when you look at it, and I want to put it into a perspective that one can understand it, um, you are definitely setting your gingiva or your gums on fire. Um, and what I mean by that is if you ever look in the mirror and you see that your gums, for example, like, okay, of course, you're going to have color change because it's going to take the color from the tobacco or take the color from whatever it is, it's going to take the um, color from it. So your teeth will actually start to change colors, right? They'll be darker. Your tongue will start to change colors because it's pulling the color off of the tongue. But here's what people don't know. As you're smoking, right, your gingiva becomes more fibrotic. It becomes more hard for one to be able to properly brush. And so if you were to go to the dental office, it's very fibrotic. It will be, it, it's almost very painful for you. And so I can't tell someone at the drop of a dime, it's like, oh, you must stop smoking or it's going to kill you, right? Yes, we all know these things that can possibly happen. But as an educator, I can tell you to do it in portions, right? Because some people can't quit smoking um, if they're a cigarette smoker or if they're a, weed, a marijuana smoker or if they smoke cigars. But I would tell you to try to start weaning yourself off of moderation. And then I always do my favorite tactic I do is see how much money you losing in this. So how much you paying for these pack of cigarettes? Okay. <laughs> so if you pay $24 for a cigarette, and I literally do this. If you're paying $24 for a pack of cigarettes, how many packs of cigarettes are you smoking? You smoking a pack a day is seven days in a week, seven times 24. You're doing that every week times four. How many years? So it's 12 months in a year. And how many times 10? And this is how much money you could have saved for yourself. This is how much money you could have saved for your kids if you have any, if you wanted to go back to school. And it changes their perception like, hey, I'm losing money. Yes, because you're feeding your habit. Mm -hmm. So mm. I, I have I have a, 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 a kind of spin on that question in a sense. Okay. Gary, G talked about how does smoking cigars, weed, cigarettes impact your oral health? Yes. How does oral sex impact 
your oral health or does it impact your oral, your oral health? Oh, this is a good one. All right, let's dive deep. <laughs> let's get it. All right, let's get it. So, all right, we all know what oral sex is, um, pleasing and using your mouth and your tongue. Some people have tongue piercings, um, both male and female, um, and it's nothing wrong with pleasing. Here's the issue. Everybody's not pleasing the same person. Right. And people Thank do God. carry what is well, <laughs> hey, this is what it is. <laughs> Everybody's not pleasing the same person. And everybody may not be pleasing what you think they should be pleasing. So let me explain. Uh, um, typically, right, um, back in in back in the day, um, it is always known to be known as male female, right? Okay, now we live in a society and, and it's not judging anyone, but you may have this month, I may be cool with just being with a woman and I'm gonna please this woman, this woman's gonna please me. Then that relationship breaks up and then maybe I'll go back to being with the man or I may be kind of still dipping dab with old girl or the person that you think with the man may not just be pleasing a woman, he may be pleasing a man. So now you have these four different people that are pleasing each other and don't even know. So now mm -hmm. let's talk about what's going on. It's called... Um, herpes in the mouth. It's called thrush in the mouth. It's called veronal diseases in the mouth. And these things are real. And so although, again, oral sex is very pleasurable, but it also comes with a consequence. So you need to know the status of the people that you're doing with. You need to know the different products that are on the market. If you want to use um, dental dam or if you are not using it, you just need to know how you are pleasing and who's pleasing you. Because everybody's mouth should not be on you and your mouth should not be on everybody else. And you shouldn't be kissing everybody in the mouth. And you definitely, your mouth should not be on anybody else's private parts. And you shouldn't be um, drinking any vaginal secretions or no liquid secretions from a man because all these things will take impact in your oral health. And um, also too- I think I need a cigarette, G. I think I need a <laughs> cigarette right now. <laughs> um, also too, that I- uh, one of my questions was, uh, there are folks who are starting to use veneers and other alternative cosmetic procedures. Mm -hmm. What is your thoughts about veneers and those uh, alternative cosmetic procedures that people are, are currently performing? I, I think they're wonderful. I think that they are very beneficial to, as we mentioned before, you know, like for me, like I have a diastema, which is a space. Like Michael Strahan had a wide diastema, which is a space. And he recently had his space closed. Um, he had veneers to close them. Mm -hmm. Some people, um, they do it for cosmetic reasons. But I think that if you abuse it in terms of like when people are doing whitening and also veneers, like if you abuse it too much, then what can possibly happen later on, you can develop sensitivity in your mouth. Um, so veneers and other alternative cosmetics, I'll go to the other. Veneers are fine as long as that they're professionally done, that they're not being done at someone's home, they're not being done in somebody's backyard. If you're seeing someone and someone, dental professional is telling you, like, this is what the treatment plan is for you, stay by those guidelines. I think that there's no issues with that. Alternative cosmetic procedures such as whitening, and you're seeing like all these people are booming up with the zooms and like the the, um, the whitening trays and all these things. And some people are doing it at home. My advice is to always seek professional counseling because the average consumer does not know how much peroxide they're putting in their mouth. And so what may look beautiful on the outside, you don't know what you're internally putting inside your body. Mm. I, have, I have one final question, G. If, right. what, what advice, 
would you would you give say a high school student that was considering uh, a career in in um, uh, dentistry or um, oral hygiene or hygiene? What advice will you give that that high school student in terms of a, a pathway to that to your career or to your your profession? Okay. Um, well, there are many pathways that are out now. It wasn't so much when I started, but what I would say to that individual is to go to a local dental uh, office that does not mind having an externship, maybe come in and, and solidify and look around. I mean, that's how I started at seven years old. I never even thought in a million years, honestly, that I would be in the field, but just seeing how um, the oral cavity is so important and um, how it is very helpful. So for the high school student, um, go ahead and view your dental offices, see, do your research, make sure that your science is very strong in math because a lot of people don't look at dentistry to be um, a big career as far as uh, educational goals, but dental is all science. So math and science is two key important things. You need to know how to speak and you need to know how to carry yourself. And I think that the sky's the limit and always reach out um, to your local dental offices or local schools that have these type of programs. It's called like a bridge program. And they do have programs like this. Like I know Rutgers in New Jersey have a bridge program that they'll pay students to go um, for the summer and go ahead and shadow dentists or dental school students to see if this is what they really wanna do and they give them a stipend. So I think that this will definitely help them. Nice. And so, so um, as we get ready to close out the show, um, Ms. Reynolds, if people want to get more information from you or if they wanted to, you know, is anything that you, that you state you want to leave as a, a, a final note, people don't remember anything else, how would you close this out? Yes. So one important thing that I definitely would want to say is that go visit your doctor, go see your dentist. Um, if you're one that have a... Um, habit of smoking that even if you're like in between gingivitis probably and you'll know like if you have bleeding on your gums or if you have any pain go see your dentist between three to four months they'll make sure that they put you on a regimen but the goal is to get you to six months to having a healthy dentition always use a soft toothbrush um, I know a lot of people think that using firm or hard makes your teeth clean but actually it causes more damage and if you're sick and all your toothbrushes are in the toothbrush holders at home, you need to throw them all away because at some point or another, they will touch. And you wonder how everybody at home is sick is mm. because they're all touching each other. And then in closing, for anyone that wants to reach me, I am on Facebook, Dominique Reynolds. Um, my email address you can reach me at is dwreynolds32 at gmail.com. Or you can text me on um, my cell is area code 678-793-4832. And lastly, I am um, on IG as Tooth Whisperer, Tooth underscore Whisperer on IG. Excellent, excellent, excellent. And um, I want to, uh, on, on behalf of G talking all that jazz, we want to thank you, uh, Sister Reynolds, for coming on our show. I think the information you provided us today was outstanding. I even thank learned some you. things that um, I picked up some things as well. Because, like you did, the little thing you just said about. Um, hey, throw the toothbrush away when you're sick, you know, and everybody got this toothbrush in that same little mm -hmm. tooth holder. So everybody, if you want everybody sick, everybody toothbrush got to get I, I totally get that. Absolutely. Lastly, sorry, I, I did a okay. study on this too. Um, 
we all have a, a bathroom, obviously, and the toilet is there. So when you flush the toilet, people leave the toilet seat up. So whatever you decide to do for one or two, understand that the particles are somehow touching back to your toothbrush. So I'm gonna leave that there. Yeah, so you wanna make sure if you can get some toothbrush uh, coverings that they sell, throw your toothbrushes away, and then you will be you'll be right where you need to be orally and safe. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So my so my little closeout, we, we added this to the show. It's called the G Spot, where I give you a little, my little quote, you know, and, and, and being that we're talking about um, teeth, I'm going to say this. Okay. Lord, remove the teeth of my enemies so I can know them by their smiles. <laughs> I know that's right. Yes, yes, yes. I was going to leave that out there. Lord, Remove the teeth of my enemy so I can know them by that smile. Wow. I know that's right. I know that's right. Absolutely. Well, I'd so, like to thank you all for having me. I greatly appreciate it. Um, just to give knowledge. And that's all it is. Reach one, teach one. And trying to help each other out. Absolutely. Yeah. And we might have a follow-up because I'm sure once we post um, this show on our, 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 Facebook, our Facebook and our website, you know, people always have questions and they, you know, so uh, at a later time, we might want to have you come back and do a recap. You know, we appreciate it. G um, Jazz, you have a follow up. Any, any close out, Jazz? Um, as usual, man, we 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 seem to get some amazing guests. Man. Yes. And we talk about the gratitude being on the other side of the desk and showing gratitude. The guests that come on our show are knowledgeable, they're professional, they're experts. And you know what, this is, this is um, the point where I feel so grateful is that they're providing this information and this public service to us for free, man. Mm -hmm. And so I want to thank Ms. Reynolds, I want to thank Ms. Reynolds and all of our guests since um, we have started G Talk and all that jazz. We, we, we know that we are, we, we're doing a public service and you know, we have fun with it, but at the same time, in between that, we sprinkle a lot of a lot of knowledge. Yes. And so we're definitely yes. helping our community in, in, in a huge way, probably more impactful than we even realized, G. Yep. I totally 100 percent agree. So um, once again, um, I'm G. And I'm Jazz. And this is G talking all that jazz, and we're out. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>